Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron M. Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Ayin Eileen Maharet Jarrell, a.k.a. Tranos. Say it with your whole chest or feel the fury of my AK-47. Once again, this is Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that warns you about forced civility. Today's episode is called AK-47. And before we even get into that, I want to make sure that I don't skip it this time. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the meeting of music and marijuana. Today's strain is BioJesus. BioJesus is a hybrid marijuana strain known for its numbing potency and exceptional pain relief. This strain is made by crossing gumbo and biodiesel. BioJesus produces intense body effects and a euphoric haze that is ideal for nighttime use, but I'm a fucking gangster, so I'm smoking this shit midday. Um, today's music selection is brought to you by Spirit Box. The song is entitled Holy Roller. Get into that shit. Shout out to Courtney. All right. So I might be a little late to the party, but everybody's been talking about the Montgomery brawl uh, for about two weeks now. Um, and in uh, those talks, I wanted to address some things. It was immediate to me. Uh, during this uh, ordeal, it was immediately apparent to me that civility would become part of the conversation. A lot of people were starting um, their opinions and stating their opinions with this preface. They were saying things like, I don't condone violence and I, I'm not one, um, I'm not one to appreciate violence. And I, and I do, I do. Um, for eons, for as long as uh, emancipation has been on the table, we have had to have these forced conversations about civility in the face of dehumanization, racism, transphobia, homophobia. It is always on the victims of these things to be civil to those who would use these violent weapons against someone else. Make no mistake against it. Racism is violence in all its forms. Transphobia is violence in all its forms. Homophobia is violence in all its forms. Ableism is violence in all its forms. Xenophobia is violence in all its forms. And all jokes aside, because I love my people, um, when the Montgomery brawl happened, we were quick to um, mechanize unity. We were we were stood in a, a moment of unanimous unity, and as brief as it felt to some people, that's the energy that we need to surpass these things. Uh, I know it sounds cliche as hell, but like make racists scared again. Ever since the Emancipation Proclamation came out, uh, certain groups of white people have lived in fear of this uprising of black and brown people that we would at some point begin to act like them. And what we've been fighting for for eons now, literally my entire life cycle, is we've been fighting for 
equity. We've been fighting for equality. But for some reason, they feel like giving equality or treating us like human beings would somehow all of a sudden uh, catapult us to oppressor. And that's because they think we think like them. They think we'll act like them. And certain parts of the demographic, and that, that can be across the board, when you look at transphobes, transphobes mimic white supremacists. When you look at homophobes, homophobes mimic white supremacists, no matter what color they are. Um, for some reason, they think that equity will be the thing that will push us to mimic oppression in its full state. Uh, they are afraid that if we unify, that we'll overthrow them and we'll treat them the way they've treated us. So the conversations around the Montgomery brawl weren't that enlightening to me. It was it was atypical because here we are two weeks later and it's almost no discussion of it. But there was this huge uh, conversation, this huge push by right wing media to put a spotlight on this and to mark it with civility and how we should keep turning the other cheek. And I'm sorry to let y'all know this, but we out of cheeks over here. And I want to add to the discussion. When I hear the term, we are not our ancestors, I take it as disrespect. Here's why I take it as disrespect. Our ancestors fought for us to exist the way we do now. It's not that they were pushovers. It's not that they didn't change the, the, the infrastructure and the environment for us. Is that they had to face it way more than we would. They had to tolerate a lot more than we would because in the timeline that they lived in, the, 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 the comfort, the leisure that we currently have, which is still not enough, that we currently have, they didn't have it all. Segregated water fountains, segregated eating spaces, segregated places of celebration, segregated churches, segregated schools, homosexuals uh, being forced into closets, or round up and arrested on streets, Native Americans be being subjugated to uh, reservations, and then infrastructure being denied to them. They had to deal with those kind of things. So we 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 learn from our ancestors. We pick, we take the baton from them when we move it forward. I don't like that term that we are not our ancestors. We indeed uh, benefit from them to this day. And eventually um, down the line, my descendants will benefit from what I'm doing today. Struggling, fighting, pushing for equity still almost 200 years later. So, uh, we already know the story. Riverboat captain is doing his job. Uh, he's asking for these six uh, white people to move their paddle boat, which we then found out wasn't theirs, to move their paddle boat so that the um, the Harriet can can dock. It needs to dock in a certain space for it to be safe for its passengers. There was an upwards of 200 to 300 people on this boat and they waited for 45 minutes. Eventually, these people left the paddle boat. The co-captain was sent to move this boat, which is typically a thing that happens on piers um, when it comes to like boating and like docking that like sometimes you have to move someone else's boat. 
uh, after having a discussion with these people and them abandoning the boat that wasn't even theirs and leaving it in a way after epithets and fingers and them making gestures and them being racist and entitled. The co-captain gets off the boat. He moves the boat. He is then met with a wall of angry white people upset that he moved the boat. Now, let's talk about what happened the day before. Why do you think that these white people were so emboldened to act the way that they did? Literally the day before Donald Trump did a rally in Montgomery. And he had these white people gassed up. He put a Duracell battery in a back. And they were already like on, on 1,000. People want to talk about the racial tension is spiked in Montgomery. And I want to ask them a question. Where the fuck have you been? The racial tension has sparked. There's been racial tension in, in Montgomery, Alabama since Montgomery, Alabama became a fucking place to be. There's, it's steeped in, in black history and, and, and civil rights history. It's steeped in it. The very dock they were standing on used to be used to sell us, to auction us off and split up our families. A half an hour before this incident happened, a group of young women went to that very dock to honor the ancestors, to honor slaves who had fought and died or been separated and, and, and dehumanized on that very spot. And this group of white men and women decided that they were just too entitled to follow the status quo, which is move your boat when you see the riverboat docking. You're in the way of the riverboat. If the riverboat decided to just like dock with you there, everyone would have been harmed and there would have been damage to the smaller boat. But no, they egged it on. They egged it on. The co-captain moves their boat. He's then attacked by these people. They decided that they were going to stand on that dock at that time of day in front of all those people. And they were going to, after agitating an entire riverboat of black people, an entire riverboat of black people, they were going to beat up a black man. They were going to jump a black man in front of everyone. That's what they were going to do. And they somehow thought like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to get away with it. Because the status quo is white people levy terrorism on the brown people and then the police show up to reinforce their terrorism that's generally what happens not to not that day not that day at all and the conversation keeps sliding to civility and how they should have acted and how everyone should have been adults about the situation adults about the situation we're always got we always are pushed into the situation where we have to be the civil ones we have to face violence with flowers and words and sentiments of love and unity while, while like white people, oppressors, uh, homophobes, transphobes, they get to be ultra violent all the time. They get to levy violence right off the bat. And we're supposed to meet it with a hug. We're supposed to meet it with a handshake. We're supposed to like push this unity thing for all of y'all out there saying that you don't condone violence. That's good for you. I do. I do. I mean, it was every fiber of my being. If I would have been there, and I know a lot of people say shit like this, but all my friends and family and my listeners know, um, if I would have been on that dock when that shit happened, I'd have been out of cheeks. I'd have been whooping people's ass too. We're fed up as a community. We're fed up as a society. We're having to sit idly by and watch like white people trespass. Oh, everybody was all up in arms about a white woman being hit with a chair, but nobody had a conversation. Not a single person on TikTok or um, Instagram 
all these white knights that popped up out of nowhere wanting to save the white woman from the chair. No one had any conversations about these same white men putting their hands on black women on that dock. Punching, pushing, choking, hitting, trying to, to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where was that? Where, where's that same energy? Shout out to Jean Jacket Jean or John, whatever your name is. I don't really give a fuck. Um, shout out to you for being obtuse and like literally like you can't veil your racism. There's no way. Like everybody who thinks they're being slick with their racism and their misogyny, you really not. You're predictable. We all we all know what you're going to say most of the time. And the civility in it is we still allow you to say it when we should just punch you in the mouth. I got an AK-47 for anybody who's who acts the way they did on that dock that day. I'll, I'll hit you with a chair my fucking self and go to jail. And go to jail. But guess what? You won't do no more. Fuck with black people. Homegirl sitting somewhere right now holding her head together. Wondering like, what, like, what, how, how did I get here? Racism. Blame your parents for indoctrinating you as a child and making you believe that entitlement was your birthright. That the color of your skin somehow sets you apart from everyone else and makes you better. That's what the problem was. These forced conversations about civility and how, oh, look, there could have been a little bit more grace. That's, I mean, I'm telling you, like, black people, trans people, indigenous people, um, foreigners, we have given American white people in their, in their air quotes, culture, so much grace that we running out. Grace is in, is in high demand from y'all. For some reason, for some reason, y'all, that's all y'all want from us is grace. But y'all keep trespassing. How many times we got to have conversations about things like blackface? How many times we got to have conversations about why y'all can't say the, the N word? How many times we got to talk about the fact that y'all askew stats to your racist ideologies? Y'all still walking around here telling everybody we're the most violent, even though you are. Y'all still walking around here telling everybody that, like, our neighborhoods are destroyed and because and, and, we don't take care of them. But you designed ghettos and redlining. Y'all telling us that critical race theory somehow harms y'all, and it's because y'all guilty. It's because you are guilty. Like... We have to change history around to accommodate y'all. Why do we have to keep accommodating y'all in times where you bring violence and then we meet it or match it? 2023 is the year of matching energy. And the thing that I loved about my people is that we all unanimously felt the same thing. We all felt the same thing. We all breathed the same sigh. We all knew that, like, look, like, Generally, when these kind of things happen, it goes another way, but not this day, not this day. On that day, uh, we proved several things. One, black people can swim. We proved that without a shadow of a doubt. We proved that black people can swim on that day because y'all can put that shit to bed. My mom was like an Olympic swimmer, so uh, I don't even know why y'all still use that stereotype. It's so just degrading and stupid and predictable. Two, we proved that they say there's no unity within the black community. Well, we unified on your ass that day, didn't we? Super Unk came out the cut with the chair. Aquaman was on your ass. He swam across the channel to get to y'all. Um, the sisters was throwing hands. Side-eye sisters was throwing hands. The trio came down. That's called unity. When y'all see us unify in a way that scares y'all, then we have to have talks about civility. But I'm going to say it again. When you levy racism against people of any kind, it is violence. Transphobia is violence. Xenophobia is violence. Ableism 
violence. All those things are violent things. Those things are dehumanizing and by trade are violent. So when you use those those things, when you when you wake up from your entitled sleep and you find yourself in the middle of an ass whooping, now everybody's like, but what about grace? What about grace? What about how are we going to unify if y'all keep whooping our asses? How are we going to unify if y'all keep trespassing? Simple question. Like, what else was we supposed to, what were people supposed to do after 45 minutes of swinging a whole riverboat in a circle, waiting for some entitled drunks who weren't even in their own boat to move? Then the captain of the boat that they were on, the owner of the boat, watched the whole thing and didn't do anything until they decided to put their hands on a black man and he decided to fight back. Then he lied about being part of the conversation. He lied about being part of um, the fight. He lied about being part of the altercation. But there's videos. There's videos of the entire thing. There's videos of the entire thing. I don't really understand. I don't really understand how civility became part of the conversation after all the things that happened that day. So many things had to happen that day before violence was answered with violence. So many things, and we skip over them because we have to have these weird-ass conversations about how somehow, and, and, I, and I hear you white people out there doing it. I hear y'all out there doing it, calling us animals, which where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that from? So what were the white people who didn't move were using slurs, were using uh, derogatory gestures, uh, broke the law, got they ass whooped for being racist and then went to a hospital and left because they didn't want to be touched by brown people. They used the N-word on the phone. They called the cops on a hospital. They called the cops on a hospital. That's also violence. That's also a mode of violence that y'all use. Y'all think because y'all don't put your hands on nobody that you aren't committing an act of violence. When you call the police on brown people with the intention to have them harmed for your entitlement, that is violence. But y'all mad because some girl got cracked in her head with a chair. She deserved that shit. And I'm saying with my whole chest. Oh, generally people are like, oh, Cameron, I thought you stood up for women. I do stand up for women. But when you levy racism when you levy racism and white entitlement i don't give a fuck about what happens to you after that she could have got hit with a train and i wouldn't have gave a shit she would have deserved it she could have fell in front of the boat she would have deserved it i like i don't she was in a mix fighting she's putting her hands on people and she got cracked in her fucking head for her people push you and push you and push you and push you and then when you push back you're the animal this is a common thing. It's very predictable. It's hella predictable. We know that if you, if I'm sitting in a room full of white people or sitting in a room full of cis people, they get to be transphobic to me. They get to be racist to me. They get to be massage noir. They get to levy all of those things. But if I speak up about it, I become the aggressor. And that's just for me opening my mouth. So imagine if I acted on my impulse to whoop your ass. I'm a world-class fighter. I've had to fight my entire life to exist. And I've learned that my words aren't even heard because you fear the violence that I can bring down on you. And the whole time I've been giving you grace.
the whole time I've been giving you grace. Montgomery Brawl woke me up to the fact that, like, I'm running out of grace. I ran out of cheeks years ago. I've been isolated. I've been assaulted. I've been dehumanized. I've been thrown to the wayside, and that's because of my intersectionalities of blackness and queerness. Now, if we could take this ball of unity and we could turn it into a, a, a secondary, second wave movement, and we can actually start unifying as, as a group of people, as a community of people, to make sure that we are defending ourselves, that's the thing that they're afraid of the most. The division between us currently is based upon intersection. Black men have a problem with black women. Black women and black men have a problem with gay people. Gay people have a problem with trans people. We're all black. At the end of the day, before they realize that I'm trans, they know that I'm black. Before they realize that you're queer, they know that you're black. And they, they allowed you to borrow. And this is another episode that I've done in the past. It's called Borrow Oppression. Go back and check it out. They let you borrow oppression so that it, it divides us. So while you're out here having these conversations about men versus women and cis versus trans and gay versus straight, they're committing violence on us. Legislative violence. They're trying to turn back the clocks to 1940. All of us, not just trans people, black people, indigenous people. Native, like Native Americans, indigenous people, um, the um, Latino community are after all of us. And they're using white supremacy and the effort to allow us the borrowing of it to divide us. When we unify, it scares them. In anything, if we gather in a group of people, they get scared. Let alone retort with violence. I'm not talking to a lot of violence. If they're allowed to use it, eventually you'll have to. Every right that we have has come at the hands of violence. Every push that we made has come at the hands of violence. They push and they push and they push and we rebel and then it becomes a violent coup or a civil war, or an uprising. That sound familiar at all? That's history. I know they're trying to erase it, but that's the history of how this has worked over time. They think that it's, it's we singing, we shall overcome is what changed everything. No, we was out here whooping y'all ass after we got tired of being maimed, killed, uh, dehumanized, our homes taken, our things destroyed, our culture stripped. That's how it's always happened. The, the Montgomery brawl was a microchasm. It was a glimpse into what it looks like when we band together and match energy. Now, I know y'all wanted a bunch of funny quips and y'all wanted me to tell all the jokes, but my people did that already. They did that already. Like we, we are undefeated when it comes to current event comedy. We're undefeated. But now... It's dying down because now white people are usurping this moment from us by joining in. And, oh, well, what, what do I do when it happens? Like, what do you do when it happens? You stop it when it, when it starts. You, when, you see your, when you see your people being racist and being violent towards others, say something. Do something. 
The thing keeping us off y'all ass is you. You're the first wave against acts of racism. You have to come to terms with that. And you can't keep asking us to pat you on the head only for you to turn around and somehow bastardize the movement we're making. I want everybody to know the minute we saw those two sheriffs on their little TikTok holding folding chairs, it was over for us. The jokes is over. Now we realize y'all don't y'all don't take us seriously. I need y'all to remember that through all the memes and the jokes and all that other shit, that unity happened. And when it did, y'all got y'all ass whooped. So when y'all be calling for these civil wars and these civil movements, realize that we are the people of the world majority. Hmm? People of color, Negro descendants, people of the world majority. On the world scale, whiteness is becoming an endangered thing because it never really existed. The smallest group of y'all in America, it's a white nationalist place now. And y'all getting militias and y'all walking around with guns and y'all got ammo and, and y'all got the, the body shielding and all that other stuff. And at the end of the day, you don't really want to smoke. We was whooping y'all ass back then and y'all was using legislations and laws to hold us back. And we gonna whoop y'all ass now and y'all still trying the same thing. This is not a call to violent acts for my people. This is just me letting you know that we, we are allowed to match their energy. They assaulted him. They did it in mass. Then we were allowed to retort. I'd ask you in the future, before you start having these conversations about grace, um, to use this episode as a means of meditation and use this episode as a means of education. And then before you open your mouth to say something about how people should respond to being, being dehumanized, shut the fuck up. This ain't going to fly with a lot of y'all. And I need y'all to know, I don't give a fuck. I loved what happened. Like I said, it debunked a lot of these fucking bullshit racist stereotypes y'all got. One, unity. We unified on y'all ass that day. Black people swimming. A 16-year-old swam across the river channel to help his fellow man who was being attacked for no reason. And while y'all all talking about the white woman being hit with a chair, are we going to talk about the fact that every one of those white men tried to fight that child? Aquaman is a child. Where that energy at? I just wanted to step into the conversation and talk about something real. I wanted to talk about the fake civility y'all slanging two weeks later. How there's all these like editorials out there by like Christian Wright and um, Fox News about how we should have responded. Guess what happened after we responded the way we did? Wasn't nobody else racist on that goddamn dock, was they? Ain't nobody else put their hands on nobody after we did what we did, did they? 
But I ain't going to keep y'all too long. This is going to be a shorter one for this week. I just wanted to step in and talk to my people and tell y'all, like, yo, that civility shit is out the door. It's out the door. Forced civility is not the thing. If somebody brings violence to you, you have the legal right to levy violence back. You do. You get to meet that with self-defense. For years, they've been standing their ground on us and starting shit with us and then doing shit to us. All the civility shit y'all talking about after y'all like acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse. This dude drove to a different state to levy violence. He he embarked on a, a, a journey to harm others and y'all acquitted him. But some white woman get hit with a chair. All of a sudden, y'all want to have discussions about civility and grace. Look, on behalf of my people, I'd like to tell y'all straight up. You don't condone violence, but I do. And if I ever come across an instance where I am... Uh, I am being accosted again with physicality when there doesn't have to be any. I'm going to match it and surpass it with skill, expertise, and a, 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 a lived experience based upon struggle and survival. The reason why the civil war that y'all calling for won't work is because war is suffering and you've never had to do that. The meek shall inherit the earth. And I think y'all interpreted it the wrong way. We were forced into becoming the meek. And now the inheritance of the earth is ours. When we band together, when we unify, when we treat each other as brothers and sisters, we're a powerful force. And you saw that on that riverfront that day. But with that being said, this has been an episode of Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cambodayin Elin Maharet Jarrell, a.k.a. Tranos. And like I said before, say it with your whole chest or feel the wrath of my AK-47. This is Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that told y'all we on y'all ass.